Rock. AKA. Yo, yo, I'm trying to yo here. Yo, welcome to the Where It Went podcast, where we are discussing the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. I am one of your hosts. My name is Javier. Eh, who are you guys? Kick it. Yo, I'm Jason. Greg. Yeah, and we are on this journey together. Today we have uh, a great episode. It's Revelation Records number 25. Jason, tell them what, tell them what we're going to talk about this episode. This episode, we're talking about Farside's first LP, Rochambeau. Which Rochambeau is what you're rock, supposed to say. When rock, you do paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Nothing beats rock. Uh, volcano does. What's volcano? I don't know. It's when you cheat and you add a fourth one in there, I guess. And you know, we didn't really get into the meeting. We didn't ask them the meaning of like, why did they name this album that? We didn't. I, we didn't I took it. it because Jeff. So, uh, well, uh, I guess. Well, it's Jed. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Uh, so Jeff, Jeff Cottle, when he. Um, did the finger painting stuff. I think it was just like, oh, look, this is like rock, paper, scissor. And I just think they used that Rochambeau. Yeah, all right. I could see that. Yeah. But also he talked about there's the two different spellings and he mentioned the word Zydeco in there. So uh, I guess uh, that's just a mystery that we will have to leave um, out there in the universe. It's good to have yeah. some, some mysteries, I guess. Um, Agreed. This is a huge record for me. Um, I love this record. It's my go-to far side listening experience. Um, grew up as a teenager in Orange County listening to this record and then subsequently rigged and other far side endeavors. But mostly those two records uh, are my favorite far side records. We'll get to that in, in a few years time. Um, but yeah, this was a cool interview to do. I think it's gonna we we learned some fucking great shinfo in in this episode and some really cool things about uh, the logo, the layout, the people who played on the album, and even the history before because there was a, a pretty substantial history before this album even got recorded. Some big big names in there definitely and um so i guess we won't we don't we won't chat too much before yeah we don't um, really have too much to no to, to say but do you don't even need, think do we even need to we do um, need to shout it so jason and i have to uh, uh, does this fall this is a shout it i guess we can still say um our friend chris bratton reached out to Jason and I. He had listened to the uh, episode on the Ryan Porcel 7-inch uh, with Dylan Trifles and Porcel. And he wanted to clarify that the Chain of Strength logo, you know, Jason had asked uh, Dylan about designing the logo. And it was not the logo with the X, right, Jason? Yeah. So there's the Chain of Strength logo with the X, the chain X of strength and the bars on top and bottom. And I think when we asked Dylan about it, we just, poor Cell said, oh, the one with the bars on the top and the bottom. And we just kind of 
said yeah and kept the conversation moving but then later chris said that he had listened to the episode he said that uh it was cool that we heard dylan's perspective because he was around and did and was so involved but that you don't really hear from him and he appreciated that and then he also said that uh by the way the logo that he did do was the true till death on the seven inch it's got the the green behind the chain of strength and then the they he referred to it as the stripes logo Yes. And I think he, chain. he didn't solely design, like he helped with it, right? Was that yes, it? Yes, correct. Um, and I'm not, as to Jason's, as we know, the design guy. So I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't, uh, I don't pretend to be an expert on, on that kind of stuff. Yeah. As far as like what it means to help and what it means to, you know what I mean? Like, as yeah, far as yeah like, I think fingers is, crossed we get Chris to come back and talk to us at some point. I want to talk to him and ask him more about designing some of the shirts and the color combos because he was really the main driving force behind that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The no, visuals I, for chain of strength. I would love to talk to him again about chain of strength and then another time about statue. Um, so who knows? Maybe that'll happen. Wait. Yeah. I like statue. We know I love statue. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually, I, mean, I, and I, like, I mean, Chain of strength. All of this is, is, it is very interesting. Yes, of course. It's very important to get down to the, the bottom of these very important historical matters for our uh, listenership. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to give out uh, false information or, you know, anything like that, because again, like this is a, uh, you know, we want to have a record of everything. So, yeah. Glad to know, but and thanks, Chris, for listening. Um, that's all. I don't have any other shouts. I'm sure Jason has uh, a couple of everybody that you know sent him a text message about the last episode. So I got a I got a shout um, in preparation for this. Uh, we talked uh, to Popeye about another band he was in, and if you want to listen to that conversation. I highly recommend you go over to www.whereitwentpodcast.com and sign up for our Patreon and you'll unlock all kinds of bonus content. We have a segment called Having My Say. That's just a little short, like, you know, five to 10 minute mini interview where we talk to our guests about other things like, you know, playing guitar or artwork or you know, things that didn't quite make it into the episode. And, you know, even uh, if you're a $3 patron, uh, which is our lowest tier, it's actually the lowest tier that Patreon recommends for their all of their tiers. And, you know, we're not walking away with thousands of dollars in, in Patreon money, but uh, we couldn't do this weekly without the support of our listeners, both the moral support. Um, and you know, it, it does cost something to keep this ship afloat and read. We, we really enjoy talking to our patrons in discord, which you get access to the discord. If you're a Patreon supporter and, uh, it's basically like an old school, uh, chat room. It's like an yeah. AOL chat room for sure. And um, all dot hardcore or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was that the one? I, I, I arts forget. and entertainment hardcore. You've now yeah, like and then the, and, the the door opening sound. And like Javier on. said, this this does take a lot of time to do. Um, you know, we put a lot of time in, and 
we do definitely like the, the, you know, it helps with the maintenance of keeping up the website and keeping up the, you know, equipment we need uh, and getting any research materials needed. Um, it's all just really, really appreciated. And we do try to make it so the bonus content is worth it. We have the uh, Patreon episode uh, for the 108 Discography Challenge with Kato 8. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it drops, which, which is be. Wednesday, uh, the 108 episode should be up on Patreon the same week by Friday. Um, I, you know, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of editing for me this week. Yeah, dude. But I think I can do it. I think, I, I, think, I think Krishna will help me get through this and, um, you know, be able to edit the 108s. Strengths of the strong, wisdom of the wise. We'll be able to get it done. It was a, it was, it was a fun talk. I thought people will enjoy it. If you like 108, you'll dig it. And uh, I think we have the other idea for another quick episode that won't even require editing. We have to do our Morrissey talk. I, I think yeah. we have to do that. So we'll we hopefully do that fun. for by the end of the month. Just record it and put an intro and outro of music and throw it up there. So. Jason, what do you got? Kick it. Bit of bow to the man, Mike DC, for coming to talk to Greg live. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. And you, you, I mean, coming from, so when I was going to shows in DC, I saw Damnation play their first show. I remember when the two songs, Seven Inch, came out. I remember when No More Dreams came out. So that's a important band for me. And it was cool to hear you talk to Mike about those records. You did a great job with that. Thank you. And he said that he wanted everyone to listen to Be Well, which I fully support because uh, The Weight and the Cost is a great record. But I think everyone should also listen to uh, The Damnation 10-inch Misericordia because it's just awesome, in my opinion. I'm excited that we'll get to take a deep dive with Mike uh, when we get to Damnation um, Kingdom of Lost Souls, too. And uh, so that'll be fun. But yeah, thanks. And we'll do another one in a couple weeks. We'll, we'll give notice a few days so people can uh, clear their schedule. But uh, I liked putting it as a hard post for people like uh, so that people can watch later. I'm yeah. not, I'm not. Um, and I get why some people choose to just have it. Hey, you're either there or you're not. But for these, I'm like, eh, we'll share them. We're not. Yeah, uh, leave it up. We have nothing. That was to my mistake when we did the rev takeover. I didn't mean to hard post the Wes interview, but it just, I hard posted it on accident. It was a good idea. It was a happy accident. They're all still up there too. Yeah. So, all right, why don't we uh, get into this interview, right? We had, um, or do you have something else, Hav? No. Yeah, so we we got to talk with uh, Popeye from Farside, and we were also joined by a surprise guest, Jeff Caudill from Game Face, who uh, did the artwork for the record. So enjoy So I guess to start off, I was listening to um, 
a podcast where Rob Hayworth was on with uh, Dan O. I don't know if you mm-hmm. had a chance to, to hear I haven't, that. I haven't heard it, but I, I saw Dan post about it. Yeah. So he he tells a story about you actually – so Farside, I guess he started Farside, R- Rob did, and then right. you tried out and they said they left the tape recorder on and you ended up <laughs> yes. hearing them basically being like, this is the guy. He's good. He's good. No, that's 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 completely <laughs> not how it went down. No, <laughs> not a, no, no, that yeah, no, I that's that's nice that Rob's having that he's 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 putting all kinds of sugar and flowers on the memory of that uh, trial, but nope, that is not at all how <laughs> it happened. Um, but but uh, certain aspects of that story are are correct. Uh, yeah, Rob, Rob and I were we're friends in high school and um yeah so then he after 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 high school yeah he put together uh far side i guess they had they had attempted to work with a couple other guys as singers but it didn't really work out um and i just happened to bump into rob and he said oh yeah I'm doing this band it's going to be you know a little more of a melodic kind of thing we're looking for a singer and, I'm, and i'd never sung for a band before but i i knew i could carry a tune and uh and so I, 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 I said, dude, I'd, I'd love to try out, like, like, you know, give me a shot. And he, and, and he's like, well, can you sing? And I said, yeah, I can sing. And, and he's like, really, are you sure you can sing? Like, <laughs> like, like I had to, cause I'd never, you know, no, and he'd never heard me before. And I, and I so I, I was close to begging him for a tryout. Like, come on, dude, let me try. And he's like, all right, dude, well, I'll go make a, I'll go dub a tape from one of our practices and drop it off for you. And, and then even when he dropped off the tape a couple of days later, he was like, are you sure you can sing Popeye? And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I swear I can. And so, so there, I think we had five songs at the time, wrote lyrics for him, showed up. We had showed up for practice, ran through the songs a couple of times. And yeah, I brought in a little tape recorder just for my own amusement. And d- d- we took a little break and I, you know, went to the bathroom, whatever. And yeah, left it recording and then listened to it on my drive home. And yeah. And they were just kind of like, Rob's like, so what do you guys think? And, um, Josh and Bob were like, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, I guess it sounds <laughs> all right. It's like, yeah, there was, yeah, you know, it was not exactly like, yeah. This and ma- and maybe, not maybe I'm mis- maybe I'm misremembering and bit of bow to Rob. <laughs> Frozen. What were your um, vocal influences when you were trying to put lyrics together for the band. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I actually, when we were talking about this episode initially, Greg was like, Oh, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to uh, interview Popeye. And I was like, damn, I want to ask Popeye how he knew he could sing. Yeah. And this, we asked the same thing about uh, Richie Birkenhead. Like, when did you realize like, yeah, I can fucking sing, man. Um, well, I still don't know if I would, ever think to myself yeah i can fucking sing man um, <laughs> but you can fucking sing well it's i appreciate that uh, i just happened to um i just happened to just my we had one of those musical families like everybody played instruments everybody loved music and we were one of the, we were one of those families that would do like sing-alongs in the car and long car rides like my brother and sister and i would you know, Barbara Ann was one of by the Beach Boys is one of our favorite songs okay. to do and doing the different harmonies. None of us ever took uh 
singing lessons. It was just, it was really just like singing along to the radio. And over the years, you're like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess, I, I guess I don't totally suck at this. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you don't, I guess you don't really know until so it, it's it. hard. To, it's it's hard to hear. Yeah. Until you do it. And it's, and it's, it's difficult to hear yourself singing. Yeah. Um, yes. It's, it's you, easy when you can go back and listen to a recording, right. but even still sometimes you have to kind of check and be like, am I doing okay? Like I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the right note. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh yeah, dude. Like, you know, um, you know, it's, it's important to work with people who, <laughs> who aren't gonna, aren't gonna bullshit you and say, oh yeah, you're, you're terrific, dude. Oh my God, it's awful. Yeah. Um, how, how old were you when you started singing in Farside? I was 19. Oh, like okay. 89. That would have been 89. Yeah. That's mm. when we, that's when Farside started. Were um, you listening to reggae around this time? Uh, no. I, I mean, I, I, I like reggae. I wasn't uh-huh. a reggae guy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I have Bob Marley's greatest hits and that's, that's probably sure. the extent of my reggae collection. Um, but, uh, if you're, uh, if you're referencing the, the song boiling over from the far side, well, not, not so. just that, but, uh, I mean, there is that, which is cool, but also uh, no. I, I think sometimes in your phrasing and in your lyrics, it sounds like you got the positive vibrations from the mm. reggae music. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, gosh, I never, I never would have thought of that or, or, or connected those dots. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was definitely a, a hardcore kid and always mm-hmm. loved the, the positive hardcore bands. Um, um, and this, I think this also ties in a little bit to what you were asking about what my, my influences were as yeah. far as singing um at that time uh yeah loved love and still love seven seconds okay um kevin seconds is, has been has always been one of my all-time favorite vocalists and uh and lyricists like I, I, you know i love the message that he would that he would put out there yeah. um but I, and i also love the way that he sang and so that was he was someone that definitely it influenced me as far as you know, more like hardcore uh, kind of stuff was concerned. Um, Milo Ackerman from the descendants, being oh, yes. another big vocal influence for me. Um, so yeah, the, like those, like, like in the more like punk and hardcore realm, those two guys were, were definitely the, the, I would say the, the two biggest influences in, in the punk and hardcore realm. Uh, that being said, uh, Elvis Costello and Joe Jackson have always been, big influences I, I me as far I, as being a vocalist i hear like definitely some of that like early 80s singer guys like almost kenny loggins sometimes and i don't mean that in like a bad way <laughs> kenny all, loggins. Like, yeah i hear some like kenny loggins <laughs> influence in there <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take that he's like he's uh, i don't mind yeah um, a, a few people have actually have actually referenced eddie money Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I I'm like, that. right. I'm like, that's cool. I can, I could, I could go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That like so, gravelly kind of lower tenor voice, you know, with a little bit of grit to it. It's uh, definitely a little bit different. And there are some far side songs where it just sounds like, oh, this could be a hardcore song. And then you start singing, and it's like, oh, there's like the melody and the softness 
to it, mm. you know? Yeah. When, you, when you guys started writing these songs, it was different from what was going on in Orange County at the time. 89 is, um, let's see, Instead is still playing, right? Sure, um, yeah. Hard Stance yeah. uh, is still around. So mm-hmm. uh, 411? No, not quite 411. Not quite, no for answer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So you guys are, it's totally different than any of these bands. And what was, what was the impetus of like, we're going to make these like kind of more rock, melodic, you know, we're going to do something totally different. Um, it was really it, it, at that, in that, you know, the, the seven inch and Rochambeau, that was really almost entirely Rob Hayworth. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, when, when you're working as a, as a band, everybody's putting their fingerprints all over everything, even though, you know, sometimes it'll be only one person writing the song. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really, it was really all Rob. I mean, he was, he was, uh, in hard stance, but they were kind of, they were coming to a close. Um, inside out was around at that time too. Like they were, you know, a younger in their younger days or maybe not mm-hmm. so much. They had been around for a little bit. Um, and I know, I know Rob was, was just kind of branching out and getting into other non hardcore stuff. Like he was really getting into REM and, uh, I know he was, a he, he really liked, um, soul side. Oh, okay. Um, this so he, it. yeah, he this just, he just kind of wanted, <laughs> yeah, so he was, so I think he was just kind of, just kind of exploring it and making it up as a, as he went along. So yeah, he wrote all the songs that were on the, on the seven inch and, um, and, and he loves Ireland. Bob Mould too. He loves Bob Mould and Husker Du. Um, yeah, yeah. Which we've talked um, about, which is awesome. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it really, it really, all, I, I can't really answer it much more than that because I think. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just wanted to do something different. I had like so, zero to do with it, and then I only, I only wrote one song for for Rochambeau. But the, the lyrics river. were the lyrics split up between. Where did you write the lyrics yourself, or um, was that between you and? Yeah, Rob? I I did write. Yeah, I did write all of the lyrics at, uh, up to that point for okay for the seven inch and Rochambeau. So, um, but then again, you know, everybody kind of jumps in and says, "Hey, here's a little idea for a little thing." Yeah, right here, and uh, and you know, and also sometimes when you you go into the studio, uh, whichever engineer or producer you're working with can throw some things at you, and you can you know, experiment a little bit. And so it changes things around. So um, you guys made two demos, um, which appear on the, uh, later release scrap. Um, right. where did you record those demos? Do you remember? Uh, the first one, actually, no, both of them were re- we recorded at, um, uh, South coast studios in orange County, which, um, which no longer exists. Um, with a guy named Jim Dotson, um, yeah. Who uh, the, the the story goes that he uh, um, he fled California to evade uh, taxes and back rent and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, but but that was sort of like for so many Orange County bands, that was like the go to studio. It was like a you know a a smallish to medium-sized studio. It was reasonable. Jim wasn't a punk rock or hardcore guy, but he was a nice guy. Um, yeah, a lot of bands recorded recorded there. And then 
after word got out that he just sort of bailed, everybody had to track down their their master reels for oh, everything. Wow. And oh, crazy. yeah, yeah. So there was kind of a mad rush of everyone like, wait, where do you? Who do I call? Where do I go? And they would, you'd have to, you know, call like like I think it was the the building owner who had them in storage or something Whoa. like that. Yeah. So Fun this. Times. <laughs> so this scraps is is basically your first two demos on right. a twelve inch, and I see, uh, you know, the lineup differs a little bit because on the on the second demo, you have, uh, you know, Zach De La Rocha from correct, uh, you know, from Hard Stance. I think that's all mm, he was yeah. in, right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty else? much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really too much. Um, like, how did that? How did that? And I know Zach goes way back with. Uh, you know, Mark and Rob Hayworth. So it makes sense that he would be in far side. Like, you know, he's friends with Rob, but, um, he was doing inside out at the same time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You're, uh, yeah. Like, we, like we all, you know, Mark and Rob and Zach and I, we, we all, you know, went to the same high school and we're just kind of part of our, the local gang of hardcore kids. And, um, and yeah, I guess Rob and Zach had had a conversation about adding a second guitar player and Zach liked what we were doing. And Zach's a likable guy and a super talented uh, musician. And so we were like, yeah, let's do it. And it, it didn't, I don't think he was in the band for even a year. Um, it, Inside Out had gone through a, a lot of, lineup changes um mark hayworth and zach were really kind of the only um stable members but it seemed like every other show they had a different they had another drummer or another guitar player um i couldn't tell you why um so inside out was had been and inside out had recorded their their seven inch but it hadn't come out yet um and so Zach just kind of wasn't really doing anything as I recall. And so he was like, sure, I'll play in Farside. And we, we played a, a good handful of shows with him. And, and then that's when we went in and recorded, uh, that second demo. Um, and then, uh, the inside out seven inch came out, uh, inside out, like started playing shows again. And then summer was just around the corner. We wanted to go on our first tour, um, it, but Inside Out wanted to go on tour as well, so we just we just all kind of decided mutually that it'd be better if Zach left the band. Um, that's not when you started playing guitar, though. Right? Yes, it is. Because uh, okay, yeah, and I was scared to death of it, and I didn't like the idea. Um, but after Zach left, then like I was thinking, well, who else can we get to play guitar? And Rob said, well, why don't you just play guitar? And I was like, hell no, I don't want to do that. I don't know how to. I've never done that before. Like I. You know, I have I have enough nervousness when I get on stage just yeah. holding a microphone. I don't want to have to worry about playing guitar too. And no, Rob really pushed me, and he, and he said, "Just try it. Come on, just seriously, cool. just try it. I bet you can do it." And yeah, and then before too long, I just you know, you gradually the more you practice, you get more and more comfortable, and then you don't really have to think about it so much. So yeah, otherwise, I, I that never would have crossed my mind that you something that frightening there's a video of you guys playing as a five piece a video on youtube at 
University High School. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. With Zach, um, it might be either the only or one of the only um, videos with Zach of in Farside. Yeah, it's possible. Again, we didn't we didn't we didn't play that many shows with uh, with Zach. So, I mean, I certainly don't have any footage of him with our band. Did you play uh, guitar previous to that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I just never, I just never played and played guitar and sang at the same uh-huh. time before. And again, I think I think a lot of that's almost kind of like a kind of a hardcore influence. Like I just yeah. had it in my mind. Like like no, the singer is just supposed to have a microphone, and then oh, right. you can and then you can jump around and interact with the interact with the the crowd and. Uh, um. Yeah. So it just it just yeah. never really occurred to yeah, me. You, <laughs> you did play guitar because we we already talked about it. You played guitar in Borderline, so correct. That was yes. a, that was a dumb question of me, but um, <laughs> was it was it weird then when you did start playing guitar and singing? Because around this time, you guys are still playing primarily like hardcore shows because you're not mm. at that like rock stage yet. So you know, you got other hardcore bands and then you got you coming out with your um, guitar and, and it's a little bit softer. Was it, what, what was the reception like when you started doing that? Surprisingly good. Um, I think it, I, I, I know some people, you could, you could see the reaction because at first, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I wasn't like necessarily playing, well, there were there would be a couple of songs where i would pull out an acoustic guitar yeah i saw that which is so not hardcore um (laughs) and hey and hey everybody chorus of disapproval's coming up now (laughs) you know um uh and so i would bring out this this full-size acoustic guitar and and you could just kind of see the looks on people's faces like what are you doing and i'm like yeah i don't know i'm just doing what rob tells me but um, you you know what I think I was thinking though the reason that it, people re- were receptive probably is because the songs are good you know what I mean like so yeah. it's like if if a band comes up and and sticks out at a show and they're terrible then nobody's just gonna be well they stick out so it's good but if they have good songs like you kind of objectively can't deny like a good song you can just be like yeah this wow. is like catchy and well written and. Like, that's why it was always fascinating to me that, like, Rob, because, um, you know, again, I didn't know a lot about Rob, and that's why was that podcast with Dan O, I would definitely say people should check it out. But when he talked about starting the band and having that broader set of influences, um, you know, he, it, it definitely was way different than what was going on at the, at the time. But I think it's also like a breath of fresh air. Mm. Well, I, that's that's very, very kind of you to say. Um, very you know, and very humbling to hear. Um, but yeah, we didn't see. In my mind, I kind of feel like we really didn't know what we were doing. Like we didn't have like a like I don't think we had like a anything set. Like a te- we didn't have a template in mind. Like. Like, you know, a lot of times people will start a band and be like, yeah, we want to sound like a cross between this band and this band. Yeah. With little of this thrown in. Like, I don't remember ever having a conversation like that with 
and that's anybody. why like, that's why it just, works. I think because you maybe can, I think maybe I think we got lucky. I mean, clearly, uh, you know, a lot of people have um, you know responded to it over the years, which is you know super flattering and humbling. Um, but yeah, we were we you just kind of made it up as you <laughs> went along, and that's. But I, I I always enjoyed that too, and I think that's also why a lot of our to me at least a lot of our. Um, records would be kind of like a roller coaster. Like it could, you could have stuff that was like, you know, pretty noisy and loud and up tempo, and then you could really slow it down and have some acoustic kind of stuff and just, you know, and then, uh, and just also kind of challenging yourselves as musicians, like, Hey, I got an idea for a thing. What do you guys think of this? Like, well, yeah, let's give it a shot and see what we can come up with. Um, yeah. Take so more, that, take more risks. It reminds me actually, a few years later, um, well, first, you know, because we're going to move to the seven inch and there's a band because nice. it, it makes me think of a band that actually took their name from a song on here uh, that played hardcore shows a few years later called Saves the Day. Yeah. Nice, nice little uh, segue. And same yeah. thing, like they played hardcore shows, but people were into it. But it's because the songs are actually really good. Like, it wasn't they like they were bands. just. Uh, you know, oh well, it's melodic, but they're terrible. Like they were good, and that's the same yeah. way I think people with with Far Side is like if the music holds up. So you do the demos, Thanks. and then we get to um, this "Keep My Soul Awake." So this is the first release on Crisis, which was an offshoot of Rev. Yes, was that like? Because I've heard I know there's been stories. I forget it might have even been Autumn years later saying like they signed. They thought they signed a Rev. And then after all of it, they, they were on crisis. Was there a little bit of a like, hey, you guys, like, sorry, you can't be on Rev. You can be on this new label, though, that we're doing. Or were you just like, um, record? We, yeah, we were just we were just we were into it. Like, uh, um, yeah, crisis was was uh, originally something that Jordan Cooper and Walter Schreifels were doing together. And they wanted to do like like a subdivision label that was a more melodic, not so hardcore kind of thing. Um, yeah, we just, we just kind of, we just got lucky in the connections department because at that time, Mark Hayworth was playing bass for Gorilla Biscuits. So he was able to pass our demo along to Walter who, you know, then pass it along to Jordan. They were like, yeah, let's, let's see if these guys are interested in doing a seven. And so, yeah, so we knew we weren't going to be on revelation and actually we didn't even, think it would be a good fit for us to be on revelation because they're you know other than other than super touch there really wasn't any like non-hardcore bands on revelation yeah especially we just, at this point like when when the uh demos and stuff was before they'd released into another and you know obviously yeah. sense field and all that which is right it's funny in retrospect because i was saying to the guys before like you can tell that Jordan loves far side. Like it's awesome. Like he's, <laughs> he's so like, he's just so excited. Like whenever far side comes up, like it just seems like he loves the band. I mean, he did all the other records. So it's just funny yeah. that like, you know, to think like, you're like, Oh, we didn't fit on revelation. And then like you guys kind of became the new revelation. Yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting progression. I, um, uh, and you don't, you, it's hard to really be aware of what's happening while it's happening. It's, you, you can see it a lot more clearly in retrospect. 
Um, but when it came when it came time for us to do our first album, Jordan left it up to us. He's like, do you want it to be on Crisis or do you want it to be on Revelation? We weren't really sure. Um, but then we thought, well, I mean, we, we want to, you know, go on tour. It'd probably be a better, we weren't, we weren't entirely sure. Like we weren't sure if we would go over well with the, with the heart, with the, like the real, you know, we knew how well things are going well for us in our local scene, but we didn't know how anybody else was going to react to it. Um, Right. And also this is, this is pre-internet. So you just kind of went to your local record store and if you saw something that was, that was put out by a certain record label, you knew like, Oh, this is going to be this kind of band. Yeah. Um, uh, and so we do like, well, we might, we might end up pissing off a lot of people because you know, we're not really, there's a lot of acoustic guitar in this, on this album. Um, and this album is a real shift. It's a real left turn from anything on Revelation, even up to this point. Like right before this, you know, we got Into Another, we got Super Touch, we got Quicksand. And before that, yeah. it's like, it's what? It's still Gorilla Biscuits and Bold and, you know, it's still yeah. hard. And then it slowly gets a little bit more mature and then yeah. Side comes and you're full blown in the college years. That's There's, what we call yeah. it. We say that yeah. we're in the college years. <laughs> Can we that step back before way. we get to the college years? Yes. Because I got to yeah. ask about going to uh, record the seven inch in New York City with Don Fury. Thank you. Oh, that was that was amazing. God, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, just to be like, you know, nineteen, twenty years old, and it's like, wait, we're going to do what now? Yeah. Um, yeah, because you know, Walter really wanted us to record with Don Fury and Jordan did too. Uh, so Walter just kind of set it up, and we flew out to New York for a week, and we stayed with uh, uh, Walter and Siv and Alex Brown. All shared an apartment in Queens, and so we just crashed with them and went to the studio every day, and um, basically lived off of pizza and Snapple for an entire <laughs> week. Sounds awesome. Was a, yeah, that's, it great. Was that's awesome. a great vacation. <laughs> yeah, and, and none of us had ever been to New York before, so it was super exciting. And uh, yeah, we just got, it was just great hanging out with everybody. And just by coincidence, the week we were there was also one of the uh, Super Bowl of Hardcore shows. Oh, nice. So Good we got to go to, be to there. that. And then, yeah, and just, you know, seeing all of those, you know, bands live some of them we had seen before on the west coast but you know um but just see it you know the show of that magnitude with a crowd that large and seeing you know sick of it all and killing time and token entry and uh and gorilla biscuits and super touch and it was just like and, and burn and it was like oh my god what what did we what did we walk into <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah so it was a really incredible really incredible experience. It was great working with, with Don Fury and, um, yeah, <laughs> just the whole, the whole thing was, yeah, it was nuts, man. Like one of those, uh, one of those, wow, did that really happen? Like it was just, it was crazy. Yeah. Zero from this seven inch kind of becomes one of like a staple of far side. It's like one of the best and most well-loved far side songs. Yeah. you know had been on at least one of the demos right it's on I, scrap and so you guys had been yeah. acoustic working, yeah. working with it for right. a while and so uh, it's um 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm a little thrown off here by someone who's joining us. So I'm gonna, chat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give. So we have uh, a special <laughs> surprise guest, thanks to yours truly, uh-huh. Jeff Gameface, Jeff Coddle. Oh right. I thought I was looking and I thought <laughs> Jeff did the artwork for Rochambeau. So yeah. Why his fingerprints, his fingerprints are literally on all over that album. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's up, Jeff? I felt like to me, at least as a fan, and I'm on the east, I'm not in Orange County, as I've said, you know, everybody mm. knows where I'm from, <laughs> my accent. But um, I always kind of linked Game Face and Far Side to me, were like went hand in hand, like kind of the same. Sure. You know, bands sound they sound different, but coming from the same place, like the energy and the urgency of of hardcore, but with way mm. more of like a pop sensibility. Which I mean, that's where I, that's me. You know, like totally, I, yeah. No, no, you no, you you you're totally right. Like we we just we played a lot of shows together, and um, uh, yeah, Jeff and I, Jeff and I hit it off immediately. Um, we we were playing a. Yeah, we were playing a garage show in Irvine, and I think I think Todd met Rob because they were both going to Irvine Valley College, and they exchanged demos. Or in any case, we played this garage show together, and like right afterwards, Jeff and I kind of went up to each other and we're like, "Hey, real like your band. Hey, real like your band. Cool, let's be friends." <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was that. That was pretty much it. And then that's and then, exactly that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that is exactly what happened, and then we just, and then we've just been, you know, just been one of my, one of my best friends for, gosh, more than thirty years now. I was gonna yeah, say it's yeah. probably been over three decades of yeah. Of, yep. of we, we we were we were really happy to ru- to just stumble into Farside because we loved hardcore, but we we knew we weren't we weren't playing that. But when we saw that there was a band that was kind of like riding the you know, riding the crest between. I was like, this is, okay, this is, these, these are our people. And so we were really happy to, uh, to, to meet them. And it just kind of opened up a whole world for us. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. You know, we, yeah, we, and and the thing is neither one of our bands really ever, nobody in our bands ever really set up shows. It's just like, it, it seemed like more times than not, if someone was setting up a show, Game Face and Farside would play together. We were like, great, you know. It's not like we we didn't like hanging oh, yeah. out with each other. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> so yeah, it was a blast. You know what's weird? I was thinking this morning. There's there's three bands that I've seen well over thirty times each, which is that's a lot of times to see a band. One is Candiria, one is Throwdown, and one is Farside. I think, in, I think in 1995, I saw Farside well over like 20 times in one oh, wow. summer, Crazy. like everywhere. And you know what is even weirder? I've never seen Game Face. Wow. Living yeah. in Orange County. Even Yeah, I grew up in Costa Mesa, Newport Beach. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Hung out in Irvine. I'm like, maybe one time seeing him, but I, I feel like Farside played a lot with... Hardcore bands, but also the like, you know, there was like a Farside Ashes Dayspring show. You know, that's oh, kind yeah. of oh, where nice. where the it would be like that show. hardcore adjacent sometimes. It, it, it fell right. into hardcore because there was like nowhere else for those bands to go. Even if you were soft, you had acoustic guitar, you're mm-hmm. still fucking hardcore kids. 
You're still, yeah. you know, like I said, you're not playing on big stages, even though I did see Farside at um, UC Irvine, uh, Brent Event Center, you know, on like a oh, real, wow. that was like a big stage. With, uh, the, with the offspring. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, a, that was nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw Farside play in a coffee shop in uh, Ulta Coffee, maybe a, a coffee shop on UCI campus too. Um, but then mm. at, you know, at a community center in Costa Mesa and then I remember that show too. at yeah. UC Irvine, I'm at the mayor of Costa Mesa at that show. No way. That's so sick. Yeah. yeah. That was a benefit show to raise money for a, uh, like a youth center or, yep. a, a, yeah. It might've been that community center itself. Yeah. Um, and it was like far side evergreen, uh, yeah, a couple. It was like it was a mellower show, you know. Like there was no moshing at the show. It was kids doing like holding onto their backpack straps, yeah. and uh-huh. like popping along. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely gotten into the uh, into the backpack era around yeah. that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the uh, the artwork for the record, Jeff. What do you remember from putting this together? And did Popeye um, come to you with an idea for the uh, the record title and what he wanted? I, I, it's, 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 it's kind of a blur at this point, but I, I do remember, I also, I want to say that I think it's brave of Popeye and Farside to go with the, uh, Zydeco spelling of, of the, uh, word Rochambeau. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting on, on Spotify currently, the song Rochambeau is, has two hyphens in it. Yeah. I saw that. But only yeah. on only on streaming I, services. On I the think oh, on release. the back of the LP too. No, on yeah. Oh well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think let, that's the proper title crack, of the song. I just need to crack this. Oh, we're uh, doing a live unboxing. Live unboxing <laughs> oh. of, a, of a sealed Rochambeau cassette. Oh, oh don't, man! Don't ask me why, how, and why I have this. But on That'll the back of the cassette, I do. I have several. Okay. It actually is He's spelled out guy. one word. Rochambeau. Like the album yeah. type. Like the album title. That's so weird. The, the, yeah. the, the lyric sheet has it spelled like, you know, Rochambeau. Like, like phonetically? No, it doesn't. That's what's yeah. weird. It, it doesn't. But then oh, the, like, the, now this is a later pressing. Maybe they uh, did something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, you know, when you're, when you're working, no disrespect to Jordan and the fine people at Revelation, but it was, it was a pretty common thing for little shall we jugs to, to, to pop up here <laughs> oh sure that you wouldn't notice until after like oh i guess nobody noticed the yeah nobody noticed until you get just, a box of like 2000 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when we would just a super quick side note um side story when our self-titled ep came out years later revelation made like a ton of postcards that they were going to mail out to like uh-huh. record stores and college radio stations. And the graphic designer mistakenly put a second R in far side, which of course, yeah. So that became a long standing joke. It was not funny at the time, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure. but that, but, but, you know, we were like, Oh man, this is horrible. And Jordan's like, well, we're not going to reprint them. That that costs uh, a lot of money. You sit there with a black marker and just call, call it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Does anybody yeah. listening, if someone has one of those postcards, send us a picture? Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to have it. Uh, so on the inside, it's got uh, 
Popeye's desk and on the wall, it does have the track listing and it has Rochambeau as three words. But on the back mm. cover, on mine, on my cassette, it has huh. one. Yeah. Now, yeah. This, this is the uh, back cover of the LP, yeah. that's why, yeah. That's the inside of the cassette. Yeah. Um, so this record begins your long relationship with Jim Monroe at, yes. uh, for the record in Orange. A little bit of shinfo. The first time I ever recorded with a band was also at For The Record. So I've been in that studio. Awesome. Really nice place. It wasn't with Jim. I think it was with E. Yeah. Um, but like I, I knew this was in 96 and I knew stepping in there like this studio has a lot of history and juju. Um, mm-hmm. But also yeah. like I, I've heard recently, I think um, I was at Mandel's house like three weeks ago picking up a record and he said that cool. they still have like the same carpet in the studio <laughs> that like never replaced the carpet. And it just, wow. it, it still looks and feels exactly the same, which is uh, awesome. That's actually really kind of comforting to, to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that became, that definitely became the, the place for, you know, for a long time. And you don't know, you don't necessarily know how it happens. It, it, it's like, like for, I know for for Far Side it was, um, it was the band Head First mm. that oh, okay. uh, that did that did their their album The Enemy, and we heard it. We were like, "Wow, this sounds like really good. Like this is like a really really slick sounding record." Um, and you know, and we were friends with Head First, and we were like, "So how much how much did you guys spend on it?" And they told us, and we were just like like what like that's reasonable like that's like super super affordable and um and then i got to just by coincidence uh, i was friends with um with chuck trees at the time uh who was in mcrad and underdog yeah. and he was doing some solo stuff and asked me Philly to represent. yeah there <laughs> you go um and uh and he's like he said he said oh yeah i'm, I'm working on this this song you want to come in and maybe try to Six of vocals for it, and so that was my first experience going to for the record. And, oh, that's at, the t- and at the at the time, it was the, the largest studio I'd ever been to, and and then yeah, I got to meet E, and uh, I don't know if Jim Monroe was working on that session, but uh, but yeah, I, I just I couldn't wait to go to the other guys, and we're like, okay, I think we need to record here because it's it, it's a it's a lot better than South Coast Studios, that's for sure. Oh yeah, um, and then you just and then it just. And then that kind of bleeds into other people going like, where did you guys record? Oh, this place for the record. You should give them a call. They're really awesome and they're affordable. Um, yeah. Th- th- that's why we ended up there for, uh, from far side. Yeah. 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 So or, or, going, going, going back to the, the artwork, I, I do, <laughs> I, I do remember um, I was, work, was working at a, uh, like a daycare day camp, like a, you know, after school care thing. And, you know, uh-huh. it's like, you know, you play sports with kids and basically it's, glorified babysitting and so when papa had asked me about if i had any ideas for the record i just we, we it was like a we were doing like a finger painting um uh project with the kids and i kept messing around with you know with those the the hand motions their hands you know the hand symbols and i remember you know doing those handprints at like while i was at work with you know working with a bunch of kids those are my hands but I think, I don't know if there was any other ideas, but I, I came back to Papa with that. And I said, well, I have this. 
yeah. but it was, it, but it was just because I was messing around with, uh, handprints with a bunch of, uh, you know, like fifth graders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was like, and we had, and at the time, I don't think we had any ideas. So it was like, Oh, thank God you have, a, you have an idea. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to take this to the rest of the guys. So they were like, sure. That's cool. And yeah. The, and then the, 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 the sketch, the sketch, that's the, you know, the sort of black, black and white. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. The, I think that was just something I was doodling on. Um, mm-hmm just on a sketch pad. And I said, well, I also have, uh, this. And yeah. then he, he, and so Popeye took them and then they did that. And, and I wasn't doing anything on the computer or anything. I just had handed it over and then they put it all together at Rev. And Who designed did you do the, the far, far side, side logo? logo? Jinx. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Coke. That was, uh, that was our, that was our, our original bass player, Josh Stanton. Um, I love, I love this story. Yeah, he 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 sold he he stole the the font from a Sade poster that he he had no in his bedroom. That's Stronger awesome. That's why um, we do this podcast to find out cool stuff like that. Yeah, yeah me, it's it's me, the it's the Stronger Than Pride album. That's it, Stronger Than Pride. Yeah, and so he, <laughs> and, and all all the letters there. Except that is the, awesome. Uh, and so he just kind of he kind of re- reworked some of the uh, I think one or two of the letters in there um yeah let me look i'm gonna look that up right now because oh that's what i'm doing as we speak (laughs) yeah yeah it really it it is it totally is that font oh that's cool Um, rock man you know yeah i love Um, that and did you are the handwritten lyrics yours also popeye or is that something that you have to uh i actually yeah i think that's you i think that's all you um i gosh i wish i had a copy uh, with me because I, I believe it might have been. I think it was Dennis Remsing. I, okay. I did that's the, right. Yeah, that's right. I did the um, I did the the title Rochambeau on the front cover. That's okay. me. But I'm but I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that Dennis Remsing um, wrote out all the lyrics. My penmanship's not that good. That's a he's lot credited, of, yeah. he's credited with le- with layout. So that okay. yeah, makes okay. sense. Is there anything that you can point out from the back? that sticks out to you the cover the photo of uh your desk oh yeah i see uh, the gi joe that uh rev was using still <laughs> to push the beanies that they just came out with the, <laughs> the cordless phone is a nice touch what's the little viewer behind the cordless phone uh let me look let me look it up i believe that's a yeah i'm pretty sure that's just that's a just like a miniature television mm. that i had wow. I'm trying to find the it looks like there's a Walkman. There's a full ashtray. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yeah. Um, nice Atari computer. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, that was not an Atari computer. That was a brother word <laughs> oh. processor. Oh, I but, see it now on the keyboard. But Jordan's a huge Atari guy, so yeah. he he was like, "Here, we're putting this here," and he just kind of <laughs> <laughs> stuck that on there because he wanted to represent. He wanted to represent Atari. And then it looks like there's a coffee mug with like the gasoline sticker. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. I'm just noticing that now because I I, I just yeah. went and got you know gas this yeah. morning, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, like, that looks. Yeah, like I the- worked at <laughs> I, I I worked at a I was working at a gas station when I joined Farside, so I I had access to those stickers, and so I was like, this would be cool on a coffee mug, and I just stuck it there. Um, so yeah, that's my that was my mom's garage. Um, I was living there at the time in Huntington beach. Um, so that was just like my, my workstation and the, 
in the garage. So yeah, I just thought, nah, I mean, I, I, I did, I did kind of add a little more clutter. Not that, not that I don't have a typically cluttery desk anyway, but I, I added a few things in there just for, just for fun. You know? Yeah. Was it your idea to have that set up like the deck? Cause it, it's like, I love the, having the song titles, like just up there on the wall and, uh, it's, yeah, it's no, it, cool that idea. was, that was, uh, that was my idea. So, um, yeah. And the photos in the, in the layout were by Dave sign who did a fanzine yep. called tidbit, right? Yes. And yes. I was a huge consumer of fanzines in the nineties. You know, we didn't have the internet. Uh, I graduated, uh, from Newport Harbor in 1995. So I'm a little mm. bit younger than you guys, but, uh, I was, um, you know, rapidly consuming anything hardcore that I could get my hands on from Vinyl Solution, Noise, 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 uh, Underdog Records, any zines that I could get or, you know, at shows uh-huh. or whatever. So, you know, these, these these bands that you guys were in, like I'm, I'm reading the, this, the interviews and looking at the pictures, Farside, Game Face, 411, all this stuff. And until I started seeing the bands more heavily, like this was my connection so uh dave sign hugely influential to my uh visual experience in hardcore in my teenage years oh that's awesome to hear yeah dave was a good friend and and he was you know most people didn't have cameras at the time like digital photography didn't exist um and so yeah if you needed if you wanted photos it was like oh give dave sign a call and he's gonna he'll probably be at the show anyway and he'll um yeah and dave, and dave was super old school about it too because he would he would go like uh actually at this jeff at the same community center where y- you worked as the uh um for irvine youth services there yeah. was a photo development place where you could like go in and develop your own film and use the enlargers and make your own prints and so that's how dave did all that oh, right he was just yeah because he, he just he loved the the process of it and he, and as far as I know, or at least last time I spoke to him, he, he still, he still does that. Like he has enlargers and, and yeah, he just makes his own prints. He still does like photo zines from, from time to time. Um, yeah. I, f- I follow him on Instagram and you know, he posts mm. a lot of still really nice, cool photos, yeah. like from all, you know, hardcore to whatever he's yeah. taking pictures yeah. of. It's cool to see. Yeah. yeah. And he's still a, he's still a, a, a an actual film purist like he, he he's like no and he's got like several cameras and they all take different kinds of you know they all take photos in different ways but he still sticks with film it's pretty awesome did um did all the band members individually write their thanks lists because it looks like they're all yes. writing because i think that's sure. a nice touch although brian's i can't read at all like maybe it maybe i could have <laughs> read it you know 20 years ago when my eyes were a little healthier but like, now my, he could have written anything here i don't know what that's not in the cassette version. The cassette yeah. version, all like, it it's says like, is like, thanks. It's like, no, yeah. no spaces, nothing. It's pretty funny. Oh, I can, I can tell you another little, if you're interested in the little factoids, but that course. photo, yeah. that like group photo at it, it on there. On the bunk bed? Yeah, I always that thought was, that it was in a dorm. 
Uh, no, that was in the, the home furnishings department at, at Sears at South Coast Plaza. <laughs> no way! <laughs> I thought so it was witty. a tour photo. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we just, we went there with, with Jay. We, like, and, I, and I think that, I'm pretty sure that was my idea. It was like, what if we go to the home furnishings set and just like, maybe like take a picture of us all sitting in like lazy boy chairs or, you know, or something. And so we took, so we just kind of wandered around and Dave would snap a few photos and nobody really seemed to care. And then, and uh, yeah, that one on the bunk beds was the one we, we settled on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We know that Sears was uh, the Sears at South coast Plaza definitely um, helped us out uh, in (laughs) in a good way, not just for that, but that's also where we took the, the cover photo for the self-titled EP. That was my next question. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little, I, know, I, know we I know we haven't gotten to that, uh, to that release yet. But whatever is, uh, episode that'll be, I don't know. I forget the red yeah. number. Yeah, just the, the Sears photo studio. And we made an appointment and went in there and we're like, no, we just want to take a group photo. I always loved how with Farside there was like that sense of humor. Like you could always see it as a fan. <laughs> like I think that's cool. Lighthearted. Like, yeah, like yeah. because it's like it's serious. Like some of the lyrics, and we'll talk on it when we get to you know hot tracks or whatever. But like like the lyrics aren't like jokes or anything. But I just loved like just the pictures and everything's a little bit lighter than say like Judge bringing it down, which I love Judge. Sure. Or, even, or even like contemporarily like Quicksand, Super Touch. Like the Super Touch LP is fucking dark. Like yeah. visually, yeah. it's dark, and it's, sure. and it's yeah. you know he's been drinking all night, so it's there's going to be a little bit of darkness to it. But Rochambeau doesn't have that, even though it's very you know, California. Black, it, it, is, it is very, very California. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> and I mean we'll get to it, but I think rigged is even more Southern California. Oh, yeah. And um, mm. but this this uh, this reminds me of being a teenager in Orange County. This whole this record does <laughs> cool. Yeah, I guess you know it's. it's not, I mean, we took we took the band. We certainly took the band very seriously and the music very seriously. But we were young guys, and of course, you know, we we like to joke around, and uh, you know, we 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 you you, you definitely want to, you know, you you, you want to walk that line and not be too silly or too jokey. But yeah, we, it's like we want to have a good time, and we don't. We kind of didn't want to take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. Like it's supposed we're supposed to be having fun, you know. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me about like Descendants, or you know, like even though mm. they would have the jokey song, like you guys didn't really, on, especially on this record. I don't think there's there's no like jokey songs. Like you don't have no Fat Beaver or whatever <laughs> on here, but but like you you have you have like how they would have like those kind of songs, but then they have a song like Get the Time or something, you know, like so they would sure. have the mix. They were able to both. balance it out really well. Yeah. Well, where I saw a lot of, it seemed to me like a lot of the band's personality and that lightheartedness came through was that Worlds video. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said that that would be a very good uh, reference to what, what we were all about. Wait, there was yeah. a music video? See, this is why I need to do more. Oh, it's, it, it, can you tell us about the video, first of all, shooting it? Sure. And, and it's awesome, yeah. Greg. You should watch it. Yeah. Um, I've yeah, seen audience. Part. A, a good, yeah, a good friend of ours uh, named uh, Greg Brown um, was a filmmaker, and um, Jordan wanted to make a video for World, so we he's like, "Yeah, let's get Jim Brown, and we'll just spend a day in um, 
Oh, what park was that? It, it was, it was a, I can't remember the name of the park. It was a huge park. Harvey, or maybe you could help me out where the, where the Huntington beach central library was. That yes, huge Huntington huge. beach central park, central park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where we shot it. We just kind of went to different spots and none of us had ever done anything like that before. So we were a little, we were, you know, definitely a little camera shy, <laughs> but we, you know, and I remember Jim, like standing behind the camera, clapping his hands and going, come on guys, give me some energy. Give me some energy. <laughs> We're like, this is kind of, this is, I'm shy. I don't know. Um, and then, um, yeah. And these three Cub Scouts happened to walk by and we're, and they just were watching us for a few minutes. And then Jim goes, Hey, you guys want to be in a music video? They're like, sure. And so we just had <laughs> our, our guitars and they just pretended to play for a minute. Just, we were like, Great. <laughs> now we don't have to be on camera. Oh, uh, the rules. Was it shown on like MTV or anything like that? Like uh, nothing that big. I th- I think it made it to some like maybe some local cable access shows that would do like the alternative music shows and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it 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 didn't become like a a big thing that was broadcast on like national. TV or anything like that. So when when this album comes comes out, it's 1992, mm-hmm. right? I'm yes. So like to me, I hear this and I'm like, oh, major labels were probably like chomping at the bit to talk to you guys because I'm thinking about like uh, you know Jason's got his Green Day T-shirt on for those who can't see. Like I'm thinking about like Green Day. Like this is like the same time as Kerplunk. Like people mm. like were people like looking because to me this like especially with with rigged by the time of rigged i'm like this should have been as big as dookie um it, it, we we did get looked at by a number of labels um i can't remember if it was after rochambeau i think it i think it was more more so after rigged came out um, when, it, when it was, when labels were starting to take, take notice of us. Um, I mean, we, we knew that the, that the record was, that Rochambeau was doing, was doing pretty well, at least, you know, well enough to where the, you know, the shows would get bigger and, um, uh, you know, and, and the, and if you traveled and played and went on tour, the shows were, were better and the crowds were bigger and people would be singing along. Um, but yeah, really, I don't think it was really until after rigged when it started to be like, Okay, so we could possibly take a big step here if we wanted to. Um, so we'll save that for for the rigged episode then. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you now you have time. You have time to to try and uh, sure, yeah. From- <laughs> but 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 also in reference to kind of what you were you were saying, it was definitely that period when those early '90s when um, uh, you know when smells like Teen Spirit became a big hit and the whole grunge thing and the whole alternative music thing. And everybody was getting, everybody started to get looked at at that point. Cause you know, all the, all the major labels were like, Oh, so alternative music's going to be the, the next new thing. So we should uh, take a look at this. And then also you had, uh, you know, no doubt and the offspring really blew up. So that definitely made orange County a hotbed for, major labels to try to find the the new seattle in other and words. were they playing this on the radio did they try to push it to the radio at all like k-rock <laughs> yeah like k-rock uh they yeah they certainly they they uh 
yeah, I mean they would, but they but Revelation just didn't quite have the they they you know d- d- no disrespect to them, but they just didn't really have the capital to make that happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like hiring a radio promotions guy. Like eventually they did, um, but that was that was several years later. This was the only LP with Rob, who founded right. founded the group. Um, yes. So what? How did what? What made you guys part ways? Um, we. Uh, I'm still I'm still friends with Rob, so I don't want to. I don't want to. No, like no, and, and yeah, we. I was just. I'm just curious, mainly because I know in in I've heard of like I know bands where you have, especially if it's a founding member, it can be like scary to like continue yeah. on too and be like, yeah. so what do we do now? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was going on? Like we, we did, we did our first tour. Um, another thing that was kind of going on at that point was Rob was getting less and less into the punk stuff and the hardcore stuff. Um, and was like, really, really not like, didn't want to did really didn't want to do that kind of music. And it's like, okay, well, you know, we like doing the, you know, the mellower stuff too, but you know, we kind of like to pump it up a little bit and play the up tempo stuff. And so the, there were, there were definitely some musical uh, differences going on there. Um, nothing superheated like it never you know we never had like screaming matches at each other or anything like that um, you guys were all really young too i mean like you figure sure. what, your early 20s like yeah you know it's yeah yeah and you're still trying to figure things out and um so that was one part of it and then um rob was also getting he, he was just getting more and more political and he and uh, and that was that was something I always kind of was always kind of a policy with me because I was writing all the lyrics, and I just I felt like it would it would be right for me to you know to write things of a polit- of a super political nature because like what, yeah. what, what if the other three guys in the band don't feel that way like that's just not really you know Bob doesn't have a microphone and isn't writing lyrics like he might be like I don't agree with that. Um, so, I mean, other than, you know, the, the title track and some other songs, which are pretty basic, like racism is bad. Yeah, I guess we can all agree on that. That's pretty. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And, and that's, I think, that's OK. I think what what's cool with Rob is then he ended up getting to do that with State of the Nation. State of the Nation. Yeah. So so so, so Rob kind of wins. Yeah. So so Rob left the band. He just like he just he's like, yeah, I just kind of wanted to go do something else. And it was like it was like okay cool you know um but yeah the rest of us really we did struggle with well what do we do now like like it it, like rob started the band um like is it okay for us to keep playing and keep doing this and um and we decided yeah we can we can keep doing this and um you know and bob and brian knowing that that I had a, a lot of songs that I had written. They were like, yeah, let's, let's get another guitar player and just, and keep going. Um, and, uh, yeah. And that's when, when, uh, Kevin Murphy, we thought about several different people and then we, we thought about Kevin Murphy, which we thought 
and this was um, this was not too long after four one one had dis- disbanded, and we were and we were able to see like what a shredding guitar player Kevin was, and we were like he's never going to join <laughs> he's never going to join our band. God, he's he's too good. Does he even like us? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, l- luckily he 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 wanted <laughs> he wanted to join. We were like thank God, and so then. Um, yeah, you definitely saw a shift in the in the the music and the songwriting because then Kevin and I were were writing everything. Some songs we would write together, and some songs we would write individually. And Kevin even, you know, started singing lead on some songs. And so it really just kind of it really kind of just became a different band at that point. Yeah, like can I, this, uh, can I make a confession, please? Yeah, go for it. Th- this is maybe the first time that Popeye is gonna gonna find this out, but there was a moment. And, and and I think that, you know, obviously getting Kevin to join the band was the best, you know, the best decision you guys ever made. But there was a moment in between, you know, Rob and Kevin, where I thought that you were going to ask me to join the band. Oh. <laughs> and uh, if, if you ask, if you ask Kirby, my wife, uh, we, we had been hanging out after, after a show. We were in Denny's. We were, you know, it was like 2 a.m. And we left Denny's and I told her, I go, I think that he's going to ask me to join the band. But uh, I, I think that, I, I think that, I think that thought, I think that thought only lasted maybe a day. Um, but, you know, uh, obviously everything worked out the way it should have. No, yeah. but I'm, <laughs> no I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen because then I oh, yeah. would not have had uh, all those great game face records. So I'll, I'll take it just like, you know, well, with, Kevin joining and Rob getting to do his thing. Like as a fan, it seems like everybody got to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. It just all fell into place. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. No, Jeff, that would, that would have ruled for sure. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if it would have ruled. (laughs) It would have been, I mean, it would have, the band probably would have gone into some different directions, but uh, I would, I would have, I would have loved it for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Rob, Rob wrote the music all then for this record. You said besides for a song. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a great songwriter. Like. Yeah, he's um, a very good songwriter. Yeah. He he, he didn't. He just. I would bring songs to practice, and he would just kind of be like, "Yeah, I'm not into it." But here's one, and it's like, okay, you know, and it's like, well, I get to sing and write lyrics. That's cool too. Um, yeah, I mean, this record does feel a lot different than Rigged. It does. It, it feels yeah, it totally different. I mean, obviously, there's some similarities with the drumming, the vocals. Like, you know, you could tell that right. it's the same band, but it's like almost if if Rochambeau is like the college years, then Rigged is like the postgraduate study. You know, it's like <laughs> it's everything just got sharper, more dialed in, the songwriting, like everything's just... It, I don't want to say better, but it's different and it's and it's it's very visible. There's a story on um, the OC Weekly has a, a story about when like the 25th anniversary of the band that says that right. Kevin Murphy joined as a fill-in to go on tour, and then he kind of just stayed. Yes, that was that. That's kind of true. Um, I think we only played one or two shows with them before, before we went on our our one and only European tour. So yeah, at that point we were, we were that was that was that was part of the selling point for sure <laughs> with Kevin, and possibly part of the reason why he wanted to join. It's like, hey, we're setting up a European tour. Rob left the band. We need a guitar player. Are you in? And he's like, 
Europe, sure. <laughs> but we we didn't know if he was going to stick around or how into it he would he would be. But uh, um, yeah, we're certainly happy that we're certainly happy that he stayed. He's Who in the touring. Oh, sorry, he's in the world's video, right? That's him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that so it was it, it was uh, yeah. Rochambeau came out like towards the end of our first U.S. tour, so there hadn't really been. So, so, so it was after it came out when Jordan was like, yeah, let's do a video. But Rob was out of the band. So yeah, Kevin didn't, he had nothing to do with, with Rochambeau, but he's like, well, I guess you're our guitar player for this, <laughs> this video. And he's like, okay. And so, um, yeah, so there was definitely some crossover uh, there. Who were you touring with on this record when you did the U S and stuff? Um, we didn't, we, we went out on our own. Okay. Um, yeah i mean we were really we were really just touring off of our seven inch um because the album hadn't come out yet so yeah we would just kind of play with whomever and you know like like bands that we had that we had met and played with who you know who may have come out to california and and we you know got to open for them um uh yeah uh but yeah there wasn't like one specific band like where we went on tour with it was just kind of whoever whoever was whatever local bands were available and um yeah sometimes we would do a supporting act sometimes we'd be a headliner um yeah it's amazing you 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 used to be able to go on tour and have it be decent with just a seven inch at that yeah, time now seriously um, i think it was i think it was still i think the scene was still small enough that it was so niche that you could you could do that because yeah jeff didn't Game Face's first tour was the same summer, and didn't you guys only have your first seven inch also? Yeah, I think so. And and we ended up, you know, hooking up with you guys for a few yeah, shows for, in, in the for middle a few of the shows country. And, yep, uh, I think it was uh, Little Rock, Arkansas was one, mm-hmm. and I think someplace uh, in in Missouri, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was some like St. Louis and Memphis and. Uh, it was oh, all, you know, right. yeah. Buddy's house. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we played. Yeah, <laughs> and he paid us with he paid us with checks that bounced. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were the days. And there was that. Yeah, there was that peace punk band. Oh God, I love that. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a. It was a fun night because some you know some shows you you walk into and you're like, okay, this this is gonna this show is gonna suck. You just, yeah. you just know it, but you're there, the five or 10 people who showed up, it's like, well, you know, we're still going to play and we'll have a, we'll, we'll try to have as much fun as we can. Um, so we played at this, at this house that was, that, that was also sort of a makeshift venue, but this really creepy guy named Buddy <laughs> and, uh, and the, the opening band was a local peace punk band called Man With Gun Lives Here. Oh yeah, um, good memory. Yeah, yeah, nice. Pull. Um, I also remember that uh, <laughs> at the at that time, Gameface was doing a seven sevens, the the seven second song, uh, "Racism Sucks" as part of their set. And I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember when the last chorus came around. <laughs> I remember <laughs> making specific eye contact with me and and going, "This place sucks. This place sucks. This place fucking sucks." <laughs> yeah so it was just kind of one of those it was a, it was a goofy kind of night yeah. um 
and so afterwards, Buddy was like, "Well, you know, sorry, the turnout wasn't so good." And blah blah blah. We're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And so he, he tried uh, he, to he tried to entice us to come to his special room, which he called his special yeah, room. <laughs> yeah, I did not have that conversation with him. You're welcome to. I know the story, but you're welcome to elaborate on that. No, I, I, that's really that's really all I got. I just I think that it it's it started and ended there. Yeah. Did I mention creepy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got we got we got paid with a fifty dollar check, and the next morning we went to the local Piggly Wiggly to try to cash it, and they were like, uh, "This has insufficient funds." <laughs> so we we're like, "Fuck it, let's get let's just get the hell out of Memphis." Yeah. And uh, so awesome. yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, one of the things we do for if it's your first time, uh, and it's your first time, hopefully of several, because you know we 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 got a lot of far side to talk about a lot of yeah, both of you guys actually yeah you guys you guys both have uh, a lot of stuff with rev which is you know makes us happy because i love i love both bands i love getting to talk about them but we do a thing Yay. called hot tracks where we, right. we each pick a song and and you can pick the same one as someone else it doesn't matter um <laughs> and we just you know whether it's your favorite from writing it from playing it from listening uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, talk a little bit about it. And like, we don't even prep each other on our hot track. So it's always a surprise when we discuss. So, all right. Jeff, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Okay. Do you, do you have a hot track, uh, for, from, from this album? Uh, yeah, well, definitely, definitely worlds. Um, part of it is because that's the only song that I wrote that made it onto the album. Um, so it, it, it certainly is near and dear in my heart in, in that regard. Um, but, but, but also, you know, from a technical standpoint, um, you know, that being the first album I'd ever recorded on recording in the best studio I'd ever been in. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like I made that, like, I was, awesome. you know, I don't, I don't mean to sound arrogant, um, no, it's but 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 certainly very very proud of the fact that I got to write a song, music and lyrics, and uh, and it it got pressed onto a vinyl twelve inch lead off track too. Yeah, when that song kicks in, the drums sound fucking huge. It it, <laughs> it sounds big. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that that was the first. Getting back to something we we did touch on a little bit. That was the, that was the first time we had worked with Jim Monroe. Um, but Jim engineered that album, but E produced it. And E was more of a, a metal guy. Like a, like did a lot of the orange County, like metal bands and, and like the, the glam rock bands and stuff. So he knew how to get that huge <laughs> sound and make it sound super slick and, um, and and yeah, big. Um, yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that that's that was really all E's doing. I mean, they both did. Like you know, Jim was great to work with as an engineer, and then E would come in and, and mix it, and then and we'd be like, "Holy crap, that's us!" That's awesome. That's awesome yeah. experience to have both of those guys working on the album. Yeah, um, but then also, you know, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but then when when it came time to do rigged now rob's under the band and we kind of wanted to tone down the production a little bit and and uh also we went we went over budget 
on Rochambeau and we, we felt really bad about it. So we didn't want to do that again. And Jim's rates were, were lower than ease. So interesting. So we were like, like, okay, yeah. And, and, you know, Jim is, Jim was a little, definitely more of a, not to take anything away from me, but, but Jim was more of a, a, more of an indie rock, uh, more punk kind of guy. And so we were like, yeah, we really liked working with Jim too. So Andy's cheaper. So let's do that. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so Jeff, uh, do you have a, a hot track from this album? Uh, yeah, Th- this isn't necessarily the hottest track, but um, I, cool, like, I know because it's, I think it's Popeye's least favorite song on it, but I want to remind him that when we went, we toured together last <laughs> year, um, just in a, like a solo acoustic thing, and we, play, we, we would play each other's songs, and I, we didn't tell each other which songs we were going to choose. Oh, nice. And one, and one night I played uh, Free Your Mind uh, <laughs> in, in New Jersey. And there, there was, a, and I, I know the, I, I don't, I mean, I, I understand that it's not the most far side song, but, um, it, but it was certainly the most suited song for me to sing. So, I, 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 and I, I always loved it. But uh, so we, I played the song and there was a drum kit on, on the stage. And so Papa ended up playing drums with me. I, if, if, if my memory serves very, very, very quietly. Of course. Um, yeah. But that was, that was, that was a nice memory, but, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's tons of songs on that record that, that I love, but um, that, that's just a recent memory of a Rochambeau song for me. But I was, I was stoked to be, I was just stoked to play far side songs because you really can't go wrong. Uh, picking one yeah this uh, this album i think like i was talking to the guys this week i'm like i'm having a tough time picking a hot track because i don't think there's (laughs) any bad songs on here like there's none i would call as javier says skippers no skippers (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's like less than 30 minutes you know uh 10 tracks no i'm not is it 10 tracks yeah it's 10 tracks I was looking, the version I had in my iTunes had the seven inch at the end. So I was like, mm-hmm. I thought it was 10 tracks because I listened to the LP earlier. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no skippers. So is, is, is Free Your Mind your least favorite song on it then? Is that your it's, old track? It's, it's <laughs> not one of my, it's just, it's not one of my personal favorites. It was, it was, that could be a definite indicator of the, like kind of the direction Rob wanted the band yeah. to go. Yeah. And and uh yeah and looking back at the lyrics it sounds like a guy in his very early 20s trying to be deep mm-hmm. lyrically yeah. like hey bro For sure. free your mind man. <laughs> yeah. like, I like wow the, like the wow man where'd it. you come up with that wow yeah <laughs> so deep so, he was being hit with the words wow. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a cool song music i like the uh the like chiming guitars and stuff, uh, but it is this yeah, is it, way different than rigged. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Free your mind has like an REM kind of a soul asylum sure. kind of a, a thing, right? No, I still think it's a I still think it's a good song. Um, you know, I, I and I enjoy play, playing it live when it was a current song. But yeah, then yeah. after after Rob left, and we were trying to figure out like okay what songs do we want to play and what don't we we were like yeah we, we don't have, we don't have to do that one yeah we can we can put no, yeah. no disrespect to rob and it's just like yeah we're you know let, let's let's pump it up a little bit <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense if, if i did have a, if i did had to have to choose a actual smoking hot track it would be smarter than ever 
for for this record. Oh. It has that little mosh, uh, right? Is it, I'm, I'm so bad with song names. That's one mm-hmm. thing I realized. Mm-hmm. This. Look at my past, mister. Yeah. That was certainly my jam when, when you guys, you know, when we would see you guys play all the time, that was, that was my jam. <laughs> for sure. Oh, and you know what? I'm pretty sure that going back to that show in Memphis, when we played that song, you, you, you ran up to the front of the stage. I think you and I might've been tra- like, jumping on stage with each other. Oh yeah. We, we were trading the mic all night in both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember you, you sang like the last line of the, the verse, the chorus before it went into the, the taco, 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 taco. And yeah, I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember you, you, you were wearing a white hoodie with the hood <laughs> up and tied and then you just stood like <laughs> right in front of me with both of your fingers pointed in the air. I know this is more of a visual, just like <laughs> running in place. When you're just, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I was trying to, not, trying to not laugh while you were doing that. Yeah. That was one of my contenders for hot track. I'll just go now. Yeah. Go, yeah, I go figured, for it. Like that was one, like I, there was about four at least where I was like, I could pick any, but just to be different, I will go with the title track. Um, I just think it's, it's awesome. I mean, lyrically it's still relevant today, sadly, that we have to sing about like, oh. you know, and, and that anti-racism songs even have to exist because racism still exists, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a great song and a good message. Thank and, you. Um, you know, um, and, uh, yeah yeah and um like uh like javier was talking about keeping it light um you know in the in the that very slow intro and you can kind of hear some some oral noises going on in the background yeah that's that was just me just trying to trying to get a laugh out of everybody while we were playing this really serious song and then jim and everybody and he was like let me Let's keep that in there. That, that actually kind of works. If you listen very carefully, there is me doing a brief Richard Pryor impersonation in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. If, if you listen to it, there's a part where where it says, "You know, sometimes when you're shitting." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wild yeah. you're welcome i'm here all week <laughs> see i love it but yeah like it just i just think it's a great song great great message um even if like you said that was maybe as political as you got and like oh racism is bad like yeah of course it's bad it's still like a catchy song with lyrics like that and you never know man there's a, there could be a kid a kid that was listening to that that maybe grew up in a house with racist parents and heard this and was like oh yeah so you know yeah. you, you never know like um who the reach you know who you're reaching when you have right. songs like that but it's yeah it's a it's it's a killer track it's my hot thank track. you thank you very much free your mind bro <laughs> exactly my mind has been freed you know, yes. you know what's interesting i listened to this uh album today i was i drove to get some coffee and stuff in long beach and i was driving home and i actually skipped the title track because i couldn't i didn't have the fucking patience to sit through the intro i was like just get get to the next song because i just i just I, for whatever reason i i couldn't but um Another thing that I 
thought about is there are so many questions in the lyrics on this record. And if you look at the lyric sheet, there's so many question marks. Like you are asking the listener or the subject of the song or even yourself, you're asking questions so much and like it actually makes you free your mind. It makes you think uh, more so than a lot of other albums. And I, I didn't really make that, have that thought until this morning, but looking at the lyric sheet now, there are like, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of questions. So we're going to have to get to the <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, I guess I'll kick it now. Cause I know that Greg is just burning to know what my hot track is. Um, kick it. Well, you know what? Let's, let's save it. Jason, what's your hot track? Kick it. Worlds. Worlds. I just, I'm, I'm big into lyrics. I think the lyrics are great on this record, but I really love the line. Don't let the world around you control the world inside of you. Oh, thank so you. That is my hot track. Yeah. There's thank a you lot very of, much. I appreciate um, the compliment. There's a lot of lyrics on this album that you could write on a post-it note and put on the mirror as an affirmation. And I know that I've said that <laughs> before for, for another record. I don't remember what it was, maybe Youth of Today. But like that is something that some people need to hear. You know, like d- shut out all those voices that you're hearing. Like d- d- focus on what, on what you're thinking and your mind will be free, maybe. Wow. No, I I mean, I'm super flattered that you that you got something out of it. Um, We get deep here. Yeah, it's our job to dissect this shit. A lot of of mind free. (laughs) Yes, that's right. A lot of of, uh, that 90s, you know, the feeding the fire and fanning the flames and freeing your mind and getting free and all that stuff. Like (laughs) we're trying to get to the bottom of that. Right. So it, uh, the, the, the lyrics to Worlds was another another inspiration for some art that I made for you guys the, for uh, the shirt, though. Yep. Though that have the uh, those that lyrics on. I saw it. It's a tree. Jason, you don't have one. Yeah. It, it's, I need it's one. It's a tree that you has like one. a the flowers like a, around it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like a a brick border, sort of like encompassing the tree, but then the the flowers are are growing through it or. or but yeah, I, I remember, I, I, I don't know if you asked me to do that, but uh, I remember uh, saying, uh, here, here's this. Here's some artwork for a shirt. It was probably the, no, it was, it was probably the, the second version. We were admittedly horrible when it came to thinking up uh, a, 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 any ideas for anything visual. So if, if anybody had an idea or a suggestion, yeah. we were like, great, we'll take it. Yep. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> I tried to find it, but I just get a farce. I, oh, I, I, I saw it last <laughs> night, actually. On if you if you Google search Farside Rochambeau shirt, it'll come up. And I think we need to bug uh, our good friends over there at Revelation Records to get a, a reprint. A, a reprint of that, or the <laughs> the um, the uh, shirt with the cover art on it would be cool yeah. too, because. It's got that, and then it's just got the Rev Star on the back. Yeah, and there's sure. a, on a on a comfort colors on a comfort pepper colors pepper shirt. You got it. No, there's Boom. another shirt that looks super punk. It's just super like thrashed out looking letters. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, Red like, ink. The, like the like the 
kind of death metal. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Dude, <laughs> that's, that's like later. That's like later that a, on in, in that was a, yeah, that was a, career. that was, that was a Kevin Murphy. Uh, okay. <laughs> it looks like a crafts shirt. Yeah. Or like yeah. Dis- that's what it is. Disrupt or something. I've always wanted that shirt. Though, it looks cool. Yeah. That's it. That's what he was. That's what he was going for. Yeah. He also, uh-huh. he did, he designed a couple of, uh, patches for us that were super like super like peace punk yeah patches. like we kind of kind of meant it as a joke but then we would be like oh wow you actually bought that <laughs> yeah. great yeah. glad you like it i saw there were some long sleeves there and i, I would love a far side long sleeve too yeah, with the rev logo on yeah. the sleeve yeah oh yeah i remember so when, lo- when yeah. long sleeve t-shirts were like Your numbers oh, up yeah. man which they're back. Yeah. Now they're back too. Farsight right. actually oh, okay. before before I kicked my heart track heart track, hot track, <laughs> Farsight had a lot of good uh embroidered merchandise too through Rev over the years. The hats and the work shirts, bees, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. We've been we've been bugging the guys over at Rev. We really right? have. And Farsight's one of the stuff. ones too. Far side into another, into another like, come on. Yeah. You guys need to get get on it. <laughs> the people well, Greg, have spoken. Greg, since I know it's uh, it's eating away at you, my hot track is actually "Search for Ourselves." Um, oh. I love this song. I like musically, lyrically, it's a very positive song. You know, I I too want to love all mankind, um, but I struggle with it sometimes, and. Um, it's it's got like a cool intro you know with the the drums and like the hi-hats and it's uh yeah. kind of got like a bounce to it and it's like on just under two minutes long so it doesn't really have like a, you know a, a is it really that short it. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's like 154 <laughs> yeah well that was that was one of the original five songs so i guess i guess rob was still kind of learning how to how to write that kind of music <laughs> but wow that's funny i didn't know it was that's, that a great, that's a great choice well, yeah thank you i pulled a video for that and it, the response to that song looks like a youth of today show it's people oh, going wow. berserk when you play oh, that song like, uh an older from an older show yeah it was from yeah. it was from uh you know 92 probably wow I have to. I'll have to. No guitar. It was just you with the mic. So it was. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I, I have to say that, like this, as far as the proper albums go, this is one of the ones I was. I don't want to say least. I've owned the album for years, but I feel like I would usually just reach for Rigged or um, Monroe Doctrine. But this is a great record. Like I, I feel like I sort Thank of you. slept on it. Like I, I bought it because, you know, it's far side and it, I knew it was good, you know, all those years back, but um, for a debut album too, it's, it's awesome. Like yeah. I, this will Thanks. be one that I will go back to a lot more than I did maybe before, you know, starting to do the pod and, and researching stuff where it's like, cause usually it would just wow. be like, All right, I'm putting on rigged. Um, <laughs> but now it's like, yeah. yeah. I think this is my go-to. This is my go-to. I was gonna say Javier. This is his yeah. favorite. Yeah. Huge, wow. Huge fan That's of. awesome. This is, my, this is my favorite Far Side record for sure. Um, I'm stoked to hear that. And I remember like it getting rigged in real time when it came out. So I was already a fan. You know, going to Vinyl Solution the week that it came out to to pick it up on CD on oh, in nice. the the Digipack. Mm-hmm. uh cover so i was already a far side fan and um so this is what had cemented it for me you know is is 
Rochambeau, and it's got a place in my heart. Right on. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. Jeff, can we ask you what your favorite Far Side record is? Um, I, it, for me, it's it's a toss up between Rigged and Monroe Doctrine. I think. I mean, I I, I love Rochambeau, but um, I feel like the band really found their jam uh, with Rigged, and and I I I, I was um, kind of involved a, a lot with uh, Monroe Doctrine, which I I hope I hope a uh, to to join in on the conversation when we talk about that one yeah, but, you're uh, but yeah oh you're yeah, invited for, for, yeah. for sure for sure uh, rigged rigged is like the far side record for me mm. it's the ultimate windows down like album for me. <laughs> driving driving down the pch yeah. on, in june <laughs> for, us, for us here on the east coast it's more <laughs> like may like uh you know we can't really open the windows just yet but yeah like to me it's like i i will play like that and like seaweed and game face and all, all that kind of stuff yeah uh you know yeah. It's, it, it's perfect for that weather that we have around the corner here uh yeah <laughs> we had it we had it this last week but um you know it's it's coming mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it's like in the 60s here uh, I live in it's, Westminster now, and it's it's in the sixties. It's been a close to sixty gray. here. Yeah, yeah, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think so. I think it's, yeah. it's been yeah, a little cold at night. It gets down to like fifty-five or something. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Really? Really? Oh no! Yeah. Man, <laughs> I know. So obviously, this this is off. To, but like, so was it a big adjustment moving from the West Coast to uh, PA? Definitely. Um, uh, uh, but uh, well. Uh, yes and no. Um, uh, my my now wife and I had were in a long distance relationship for about a year and a half before I moved here. Um, we we both work at home, so we could we just took turns that first year and a half just staying at e- staying with each other for anywhere from three to six weeks at a time. Um, so I had spent a lot of time in Scranton over the course of when we were, when I was still in LA. And so when I decided to move out here, it was, it's not like I had never been here or spent time here before. Um, but yeah, you know, adjusting to things like snow. I was going to say, um, (laughs) and my, my goal every year is to not shovel the driveway and just kind of wait for it to melt away. Um, Usually, uh, usually I'm able to get away with it. Um, uh, we, where we live, there's a lot of trees, so there's a lot of leaf raking, which is not really a California thing. Um, no. uh, things like that, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, of course, there's an adjustment, and it's a, a very different place to live than than in SoCal. But uh, no, I, yeah. I absolutely, absolutely love it here, though. Like, my wife's originally from LA too, and so you know, for us, it's, it's awesome. Like getting the four seasons. Cause we didn't get that growing up. And, um, and the, the winters out here are actually pretty mild. Like we get, we'll get a good amount of snow, but it's not like being in Wisconsin or Minnesota or anything where yeah. it's like 20 below. So same, same here. Like we get like, it's, I mean, I'm probably, I don't know how far we are from, how far is Philly from Scranton? I don't even know. It's but, like uh, about two, about two hours, maybe yeah. more. So, so same thing. Like we get this year, we had a little more snow than I'd like, but it was just like annoying snow, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Javier's <laughs> like Javier lives like the the life. I don't know how he's yeah. ever. I don't know. I don't know how he's ever in a bad mood. <laughs> so, Papa, you said you're working from home. You're doing voiceover work, right? Right. Yeah. And Correct. what's your favorite one that you've done as far as voiceover work goes? Uh, video games are always my my favorite thing to do um, because it's a it's a lot of yelling and screaming. Um, oh, nice. So. I, yeah and i i know i know that i na- i just kind of naturally have a have a, a deeper voice um so i i would I, I typically get cast to play like military guys or <laughs> or or like a you know a, some sort of warrior with a big sword or the villain or something like that so it's fun to be able to tap into those kind of characters do you do any uh, for uh do you do any for Fortnite? I did not work on Fortnite. Um, That's all a my lot kids of, play. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the. I mean, I'm not a, a gamer. Um, a, a lot of the video games that I did are stuff that is pretty pretty obscure. Or um, also, a lot of the work I did was uh, doing English versions of video games that were developed in other countries. Okay. Oh, interesting. So, uh, so it's like you know like stuff that stuff that you would never hear hear about unless you were you know in russia or japan or korea or something like that but the the biggest titles i worked on that people normally have heard of was uh i did i did some voices for world of warcraft okay um i did uh a couple of voices for fallout 4 and uh and i also was in um skyrim nice okay nice and are there far yeah. side? Are, have you worked with people that are far side fans that reach out to you? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no that, I shouldn't say that. No, that's not that's not true. There, there, there were yeah, there were a, a few projects. Um, yeah, a couple of them were like, yeah, like like uh, like explainer videos and like yeah. corporate videos and stuff like that. Um, I did get to do a couple of jobs. It was, it was a number of years ago for a guy who was working for Simon and Schuster, the book publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to do a, a couple of uh, um, children's books, which was a hell of a lot of fun. That sounds um, cool. Yeah, so a few times. Uh, I can just picture someone taking you aside, you know, after after like, the project's done yeah. and saying, "Hey, just so you know." I love Rochambeau. Yeah, no, that no, that's never that's never happened. I, I, get, I, get, I, <laughs> I, I, I do use Popeye as my professional name for voiceovers, um, just because it's it's a because I because I when I got into voiceovers, I did think and I was like, oh, you never know, maybe someone will recognize your name and it'll help you get hired. And I think it's hired yeah. happened like four, like maybe four times over the last okay. fifteen years. Um, but. You know, Michael Vogel saying doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with Popeye. Yeah. Popeye, and um, so I, I do get asked like, so what's that about? Like, well, you know, just kind of <laughs> give them the, give them the the 15 second version of the story. Actually, the the, the long version of the story is only about 15 seconds. It is with the 15 second story. I don't know it. <laughs> oh, um. Just when I, I feel was like a, it was an I was, antimatter, right? Wasn't it? Did Norm ask that in the antimatter? I forget. Oh, I, uh, you know, I couldn't, I could not tell you. Um, Out of print, bro. Yeah, no, let's. No, I'm just yeah, saying. So let's hear just, it. Let the man tell the story. <laughs> oh, let him tell his elevator, <laughs> elevator pitch about his no, name. It's just, it's just when I when I was when I was a kid, like when I was in junior high school, I used to, I just, I, I always like doing impressions, and 
Um, and, uh, and Popeye the sailor was, was, was the, was the popular one that I used to do on the, on the playground. It seemed like at that time we, we would move every, every few years. And so I'd have to start at a new school and I was really shy and didn't know how to make friends. So I would just, I would just start doing impressions to kind of break the ice. And then people started calling me the, the Popeye guy. Yeah. And then, and then I started getting into hardcore and then, and then everybody's got a nickname in the hardcore scene. That's yeah. true. That's true. So I didn't even, so I didn't even, so when, I, when the first far side, uh, record came out, I wasn't even asked about it. They just, they, they just listed me as Popeye and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess, I, I guess, I guess that's me now. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's make, makes it way more easily identifiable. If someone says someone in the hardcore scene says Popeye, you know, they know. Whereas if they say Michael, they might be like, yeah. you know, Michael <laughs> yeah, Judge. How you, yeah. How do you work Mike or Michael Linda? It would probably Farsa, be Michael Farside, like, but I think Popeye yeah, rolls off the tongue a lot. Nicer. It does. And then a l- little bit. Yeah. Far Mike. Then, I don't think um, it works. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike not bad, dude. Far Mike. Uh, do, do you remember that E from For the Record used to call you Mike Guy? Mike guy, yeah. <laughs> Mike guy. <laughs> and then Jeff, you do the design work for like you've done like the Blu-rays and stuff, right? I remember you shared a picture of like you did the Harry Potter, didn't you? Yeah, design yeah, the, the Harry that, Potter. Yeah, that's my that's my day job. Oh, I do wow. tons of tons of work for graphic, you know, graphic design work for movies and mostly packaging and, and stuff. But yeah, Harry Potter has been my Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings have been my big big. Oh, you did Lord of the points. Rings too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of new, new packaging that just, it just has come out that I, that I worked on all, all last year. Nice. Yeah. Are you, has any, are you a Harry Potter fan, Jeff? Actually, uh, yes. My, my, my daughter, like, you know, this is still like four or five years ago or maybe more. She started getting really into it and I didn't, I wasn't, you know, like my wife and she would, they would read the books together and they were really into it. And then right around the same time that we took her to, we went down to, we went to Florida to the Harry Potter world for her 11th birthday. We did the full on Harry Potter thing. I was, I was like, got completely stoked on it. And then like, like we, I remember it was like just after we got back from that vacation, Warner brothers came to, to us and said, you know, we want you to redesign the, the Harry Potter franchise. And I was like, I'm in. And so I've been sort of like all over that for the past, at least four or five years now. Fucking awesome, man. Our our family are huge Harry Potter fans. We flew up to San Francisco years ago to see the play. Oh, cool. cool. Honestly, Goblet of Fire is probably one of my most watched movies of all time. I, for some reason, I just throw that movie on. If I I don't know what to watch, throw on Goblet of Fire. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm right. Well, this year, this year is the 20th anniversary of the first movie. Mm. So I've been doing. I've been wow. working on. Um, oh my god! I feel a whole. Yeah, yeah. The whole franchise. Like I'm. It's a big like anniversary series, and I'm redesigning everything. Even mm. you know. So that's that'll come out later in the year. But yeah, that's that's my. I'm gonna be on my, the lookout for real some gig. of that. Some of that. Has uh, anyone ever recognized you? Merch. That you've worked with, like, has anyone been like, "Yo, Game Face rips, man"? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, uh, I mean, I work for a company called Art Machine in in Hollywood, uh, and there have been a few times where, like, a, uh, like somebody new got gets hired, and they come into you know the, you kind of make the rounds when somebody new shows up, and and you you go and shake hands and say hi, I'm so and so, and then this I remember 
a few times, but one time was really funny. This girl comes in, you know, this is so-and-so she's going to be working with us. And she got very shy or she got very, uh, giggly. And then like, and then I got an email about an hour later, just saying, and she, and she emails me and says, I'm so sorry. I w- I w- I'm from Florida and I was a huge game face fan from back in the day. And I'm just so stoked oh, wow. to, to be, uh, to be working with you. And that was cool. That's so it was sick. A, so yeah. it was a total. Hush, 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 hush. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just, yes. Just like a little, yeah, a little, little. Jeff and I have been sprinkling a few inside jokes. Between, between yeah. yeah. Would, would not be funny if we tried to explain it. This is, this is what we do. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, glad that, yeah. I'm glad that we could uh, get you two together. It's always fun when, because uh, we'll surprise each other sometimes with random people jumping in these interviews. And it's nice to hear people interact, ask each other questions like, Jeff, I'm glad you jumped in and you got to give your input and ask Popeye some questions. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all, we can't <laughs> wait to have you back and talk about your records. Um, right on. Popeye, right on. we can't wait to talk to you about three more records, Greg. Yeah. We got rigged, uh, self-titled and then Monroe and then Jeff, nice. I think you have every last time. Uh, always on. Mm, another challenge makes me wonder how I've ever survived this long. Are you myself with defense? Waiting for something to go wrong Because everything in my head My goals in front of me Can I trust my motivation? Can I trust myself? Because everything in my head yeah, yes. It's time to rise about my pride So many questions Yo! Yeah. This, uh, this was really hard for us to pick a hot track for. We talked a lot amongst ourselves, right, about uh, what the hot tracks were going to be. And um, it, it was hard for me to narrow it down just to one because there's so many good. I think my second pick for a hot track would have been Constant Reminder. I like that song a lot. That was on my that was on my short list too. There, uh, honestly, now because your hot track uh, was great, worlds like it's it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to be a, <laughs> I didn't want to be a contrarian or a, a think. You're not because it's a great track. <laughs> but but I knew that I knew that someone was gonna pick worlds, you know, because <laughs> that's just like a, it's such a crazy way to start the album like it's just super driving you know that beat that kind of like one one beat where it's like it's just kind of the the snare and the cymbal at the same time i i'm not a huge fan of that beat in general um especially in it gets used a lot in hardcore and in you know some like hardcore adjacent stuff but i can't imagine this album starting any other way um have you guys also i you i don't know that you have but there is a guitar lick on this album that sounds strikingly similar to an earth crisis song called all out war have you ever noticed that no i definitely didn't what song 
Yeah. You know this? This is common knowledge? Was it on purpose? No, no, but I'm saying Listen, that's something that's a comparison that you've heard before in the no, past. No, I thought that when I was listening never, to it this week. Yeah, you 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 heard it, right? Absolutely. Yes. This uh <laughs> constant reminder. Yo. One one it's this it's like this like note for note. Yeah. Or it's thought, exactly the same. I was gonna, really? Yes. This is why I should probably take actual notes instead of this Yo, week. I'm remember. So it. I think that's the song. I don't play guitar. Uh-huh. I did take lessons at some point. I had an acoustic guitar and I made up what I thought was a song. And then when we were doing the research for this episode, I realized that that was actually the song constant reminder by far side. And I did not write that song. That is earth crisis right there. Same That's so funny. You hear earth crisis. I hear this song that I thought I wrote, which was my, <laughs> only, uh, my one only song that I could play on guitar. Jason, Jason heard a count me out take. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely heard that. No, yeah. but what I'm interested in is Hav. Tell yep. us about living in California and Farside. I bet that your experience with them is different than ours on the East Coast. Maybe what yeah, age did you hear them, and was it a band that people said you should check out Rochambeau? I have no idea how I encountered Farside. Okay, I imagine just from going to the record store, you know. So I started going to hardcore shows in 1992 and summer of 93 was like, it it was like an explosion for me. That was when like, you know, function black spot, neck deep, you would see every weekend, uh, undertow spark marker came down outspoken is like the fucking biggest. I thought they were the biggest band. There's this local club, called eight and a half it's the club where the inside out reunion was and you know it's the first big stage that i had ever seen like if you were to walk in this place now you'd be like oh yeah this holds what like maybe 300 people but at the time when you're like 16 17 years old it's fucking huge you know i don't i don't think that i saw far side maybe until you know 93 94 so okay. it was already Kevin Murphy in the band. I didn't see them with Rob Hayworth. Oh, that was going to be I, my question. I don't know how it came into my life, but by 94, when Rigged came out, um, that's my junior year of high school. I had you know access to a car. I could drive around Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see Farside as a huge band because I could see them play on the floor of a coffee shop. Or I could see them play, you know, still uh, in a community center or something like that. Yeah. When I saw them play the big, big show with Offspring, you know, where there's like a thousand people there or whatever. I was like, oh, my God, this little band that I love is now playing on this big stage. Is that footage on YouTube? I know there's footage of them playing some big place. That's probably it, you know, because... Uh, it was like a concert. It wasn't a show. It was like you had to go to Ticketmaster, yeah. buy okay. a concert. It's like $15 or something like that, you know? And um, yeah. I also saw Helmet and Jesus Lizard at that same venue, yeah. which was unreal. That was a tour. Um, so, yeah, I never saw Farside as like a really big rock star band. Like they were super accessible to me. Now, at the same time, they're like you know, what, five, 10 years, my senior. So they were what I saw as 
professional, accomplished musicians. Like yes. they weren't fucking around. They're not right. just some dudes who grabbed like, you know, some drumsticks and started banging. Like at, yeah. by this point in 94, 95, I was like, oh, these guys fucking know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're actually crafting songs. They're actually making records. I used to pour over the layout. Like we're talking a lot about the, the desk layout in yeah. Rochambeau and then the back cover of Rigged, which we'll get to, but like there's so much going on on in these layouts like yeah. so much to dissect almost like you know just hold sitting on your bed holding the the record or cd or whatever and just yeah. you know just it, studying it what's funny is i loved rigged i never really clicked and loved this album yeah we had I, to fucking convince you I'm i know putting you on the spot spot right now yeah you we can put me on the spot but i got a funny story though because plot. i liked the artwork for this record so much for rochambeau that i had a poster of it in my room at when i went to college when i was at vcu but it's because i loved rigged i thought yeah i love uh-huh. rigged but so yeah i'll put up this rochambeau poster so a bit about a jeff yeah so a bit about a jeff <laughs> but um yeah this record never it never really clicked with me i had a lot of people when i said i loved rigged that would that would say you should check out rochambeau because i love it and i just never really listened to it because it was just i can see why if you loved rigged if rigged was your go-to maybe your first experience or whatever i can see why you wouldn't like rochambeau as much it's more raw yeah um it's less quote-unquote professional sounding exactly um it doesn't have Kevin Murphy's golden pipes on there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it is a different, it's a different feeling record. It really is. Yeah. But the cool. lyrics are great. The lyrics sold me for yes. sure. 100% on the listen in 2021. Um, the lyrics are great. And I appreciate good lyrics always. So, mm-hmm. Well, this was my, this was my sort of forgotten release of, of Far Side too. I mean, like I said, I have the records. Um but see, I got into Far Side late, which is crazy because uh, honestly, two thousands. Did you see the Saves the Day fast break? Saw them. So I, I was at that show, and now I'm like kicking myself because I didn't know Far Side. I I was there, but I, I don't remember anything. Maybe I that was, was the only time I saw them. Yeah, and I'm not thrilled about that because i would love to see them but i was so excited to see saves the day because remember this was when they did that tour with saves the day it was before saves the day was like it was right before through being cool came out was it before it was 100%. right when it came out okay so the tour was the one i saw was summer 99 at the kill time in west philly and it was because it was right before i went away to school i went to drexel for a year and it was nerve agents Fast Break, Far Side, Saves the Day. And I just don't remember Far Side at all. Um, I knew of them. I knew Rev. And then, you know, hearing them later, like probably like early, mid-2000s, I was like, oh, man, I fucked up. Like I liked the Antimatter <laughs> song a lot, but I was like, it's what my friends would literally refer to as Greg Rock. Like it's like my ideal kind of – music you know melodic singing um influence like jeff mentioned you know or, and popeye mentioned uh rem and soul asylum on on some tracks and husker du and bob mould and 
you know, a little bad religion almost like, yeah, like nowhere fast and future days, like they're more upbeat, a little bit faster, but yeah. then Popeye's vocals really like bring it down. And, you know, honestly, if you were to take the music to like nowhere fast or uh, uh, future days and give it to a hardcore band and just be like, Hey, beef this up a little bit. It, it would, it would work. Yeah. Can, can I ask you both something there? Yep. What do you think it is about looking at and analyzing all the aspects of the record that make you like it more? That's Has that happened question. to either of you yet? Because yeah, it happened, it happened with, with this one. It happened with this one and it happened with Super Touch where I didn't understand the context of how important this record was until I started out with the OC Weekly talking about how Saves a Day took their name from Hero and then just realizing and this is so stupid, but until I started watching um, videos of them playing live on YouTube that, yeah, they were fans of hardcore mm-hmm. that were like playing punk hardcore songs. For me, I always thought of them as this cool indie rockish yeah. band on Rev. Meanwhile, they were just hardcore guys playing what they probably listened to in their van. Exactly. You know? Like, so for me, I just think when you actually sit and you listen to something or you watch a film and you have to watch it with like a, a critical ear instead of just immediately being like, you know, we, we live in a time now where everything's so instant where people can hear a song and they, they hear 30 seconds and they be like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Or, you know, they can skip around. But I think when you listen to it and you have to be like, all right, I have to listen to this, the whole record. Cause I, I you know, I want to do my homework. Um, and you listen to it, you come at it from a different angle than just like, hey, man, I want to put on something cool to, you know, chill to or whatever. I know, like I said, with this record, I've never didn't like it, but it wasn't necessarily one that like like I talked about in the interview, like I would usually reach for rigged or Monroe doctrine. Um, and now it, I'm going to be able to kind of split the difference and do like a third of the time we'll play this one because um in listening to it for this episode really clicked yeah Hob, has uh, that happened to you yet or no um well I, uh, I you know what super touch um the layout like actually kind of pouring over the layout a little bit more it made me appreciate it it made me appreciate the release more and you yeah. know what these two releases have in common is the all of the handwritten lyrics. Oh, dude, handwritten, handwritten lyrics. I've so I designed the um, I've designed layouts for Strike Anywhere's records, and I always ask Thomas to do handwritten lyrics because for some reason, when the person takes the time to handwrite the lyrics, and it wasn't Popeye, but it's still there's something organic, and there's something that you can feel when you see someone's handwriting that took the time to to you know write lyrics to, to take that a step further disembodied has a record called heretic okay and the lyric sheet is not just his handwritten lyrics but him making notes in the studio like underlining stuff and being like whisper this scream this double this and like you know there's little scribbles and stuff all over it so it takes it even a step beyond the uh just writing them out because especially in the Super Touch record, but in this one too, it's almost like the lyrics are like floating. 
you know, the, in uh, graphics wise, they're gro- they're floating on top of something else. Yeah. You can't see like paper or anything. And uh, on Super Touch, is it reversed? Is it inverse? Yes, that it is. You're right. White on black. So, yeah. so it's not even like, it doesn't look like paper anymore. And you could almost pick up now in 2021, you could go on Adobe stock or defont.com and you could pick out a, <laughs> uh, a font that looks like this and, and recreate it. But we know that's not happening here in 1991 mm-hmm. or whatever. This is fucking somebody handwriting and cutting up a fucking Sade poster. What the <laughs> fuck? Yo, shout out to my dude, Fern Zavala, who's a huge Sade fan because I texted him in the middle of recording that. And I was like, yo, look at this fucking Sade record and look at this farce. And he's like, bro, that's so insane. I can't believe that. So that's the kind of shit that is that makes these conversations like revelatory, revelatory records. Yeah, I love it. That's, that's my take on that. And yeah. to add something else, non-related, but uh, listening to an album all the way through because you think that you need to develop an appreciation for it. Guess what I listened to yesterday? Hit me. What? Still screaming. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, like, it influenced a lot of stuff that you like. Yeah, it was okay. Um, it on a, oddly, it made me want to listen to Operation Ivy. I, I can like see Operation that on Ivy. some of the tracks, like Solidarity sounds like a song like that, or even Amerirockers. Uh, I listened to it on YouTube while I was <laughs> painting Warhammer and doing something else so i sat there and i listened to the whole thing and i was like eh, this isn't that bad like nice. you know and and i did that uh because you guys were talking about it in the discord in the where it went discord and um i just figured yeah why not give it a shot thank you nice that's dope i like hearing that that's a good note to end on i think uh still screaming still well how about this note kick it oh do you want to kick it? Ask no. Greg what we got coming up next week. Is that what you were going to say? Or you got That's something what I was else to say? Yeah. Uh, no, Jason, you know what? I want to hear it from you. I like it when you, when you talk about that kind of stuff. But I can't pronounce it. But Greg, what do we have coming <laughs> up? <laughs> Can any of us pronounce it? I don't know the proper pronunciation. Oh, next week proper. is or next, next time next time is into another creepy EP. Is you it? Can't, you can't pronounce know. that? You thought yeah. it was Hephaestus. Yeah, it was, uh, ice burn. No. Hephaestus. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was, you were going to fuck me up next time. When, when he said I, he couldn't pronounce it, I'm like, creepy. Crappy. 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 No, ice burn Hephaestus is going to be two from now. Next time we'll be into another creepy EP. As Javier said in the self-titled, we recorded that conversation uh, it was the second part of the one we had with um, for the self-titled. So yeah, actually, some, some shinfo we didn't even delineate. We just kept talking, kept and it then, rolling. Then, yeah. And Greg texts me, and he's like, "Are we in uh, creepy EP now?" <laughs> yeah. so, so it's literally just a, a continuation of the conversation. So it'll be it Peter seamless. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yo. Peter, Peter, Richie, and uh, Drew, and then Jordan too. So. Look out for that. And, um, oh, and then we will, we'll, for our $20 patrons, we, uh, 
this week we will be sending an email to you about uh, doing that, the quarterly Zoom, um, where we can get your ideas and feedback and suggestions and, and all that jazz. So that will be going out this week and it will be for the end, sometime the end of this month. And it's either gonna be, you can make it or you can't. So let's kick it. That's it. That's all I got. That's all we got. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. Later. Peace. What's up, everybody? This is Javier from the Where It Went podcast. Just wanted to give a special bit of bow to our top tier patrons. Billy Tunnell, Bram Hubble, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger, David Palmer, Dirk Focused, G. Jason Head, Greg Jackson, John Cowell, Dollar Slice Bootlegs, Quiet Keith, Logan Weasel, Nate of Head to Wall fame, O'Neal the Horsefucker, Siren Records, Rob Moran, and Tim Shear. If you'd like to help us out, please go to www.whereitwentpodcast.com and you can find more information. Bidabo!